0: And welcome back to another episode of the Astros Future podcast presented by Apollo Media. I'm your host, Jimmy Price, also known as Astros Future. You can find me on Twitter at Astros Future and find my work at astrosfuture.com.
1: I'm your other co-host, Kenny Van Doren. You can find me on Twitter at TheVandalorian.
0: Today we're going to take our look around the minors, give a stock report. But first, we're joined by one of the uh, Astros up-and-coming outfield prospects, Logan Cerny. How are you doing, Logan? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing well, doing well. So, first thing I want to ask you, you're drafted by the Phillies um, in the 10th round. Can you kind of talk us through that transition from going from, you know, college ball at Troy to the, the to the rookie league and the low A down there in the Philadelphia system?
2: Uh, it was a quick transition uh, going, uh, you know, I had a bunch of workouts going up to the, leading up to the draft. And, um, you know, I just kind of went up to Philly, signed all the paperwork, went down, and pretty much got straight to work. So, um It was a fun time. It was a fun time. I got to meet a bunch of guys that I kind of knew previous that Philly had that I had previously drafted. So it it was fun.
1: Yeah, taken in the 10th round, you're you know, you're from Georgia, possibly grew up a Braves fan. I'm assuming that. But was there a team, you know, you're taken in the 10th round, but was there a team that was kind of talking to you a lot or someone that you were actually just interested in to actually be drafted by that wasn't the Phillies or were you just content with being drafted?
2: Um, No, I was talking to a lot. Like I said, I had a bunch of workouts. I went to the Combine, which was really fun, the first one. Um, So, no, I mean, the Astros, I went to an Astros workout in the stadium at Minute Maid, and that was uh, really fun. They were talking to me a lot. Philly was talking to me a lot. And uh, the Dodgers were one of them, too, that I kind of actually thought I would go to, but
0: didn't end up working out. Kenny's actually got he's got a uh, conspiracy theory that, you know, the Astros were, were planning on drafting you to the 10th round. And that's one of the reasons they were willing to trade for you, uh, you know, this past offseason. So I'll ask about the trade, though. Months after getting drafted and months after, you know, your professional debut, you end up getting traded by the, or traded to the Astros. So what was that like? like what was the phone call like? And, and how did you kind of process that information? Um.
2: It was, it was shocking, for sure. Um, you know, I told this story already once. I was playing Fortnite, and I missed the call from uh, Mattingly. <laughs> um, and he called me from the DR, and um, I called him back about 10 minutes later, and he uh, stepped outside and told me I was being traded. Um, wish you, you know, all the luck, and you're a great player, all that stuff. So, you know, it wasn't I – mean, I don't think it was a bad thing, but, you know, it was just very shocking.
1: And There's sometimes, like, people – or like players get a little – I don't know, upset you know they get tr- traded away from the team that they got or that's you know drafted them but um on the other hand this you know the Astros wanted you as much and so does does that factor into like any like your thoughts when that first happens
2: um you know I didn't at the time because you know I'm, I'm new to this I didn't know how things work um my agent didn't even know you know I called him and he was like what you know what's mm-hmm. going on like, I they didn't know so it was more of I, I kind of panicked for a minute. I was like, I didn't know what was going on, just because you know it's my first year, first first four months in pro ball, and I'm already getting traded. So, um, and then I, I kind of figured it out. My agent taught me through it and was like, you know, this is a good thing, and, and I kind of you know settled down a little bit. The, the nerves and the panic went away. So I was really excited to get down to West Palm for the the early camp and the um, you know the weight training thing we did, which was um, which was all good. You know, I, I love it.
1: And going into West Palm, actually, the next question was you know, Chandler Rome of the Houston Chronicle talked to you when you were at uh, mini camp and they talked about how you, they wanted you to put on more weight. Like where do you see yourself physically and how has that kind of transitioned over the last year?
2: Um, good. It's actually the past five months I've been doing a lot better. I've gained 10 pounds, so I'm up to 182, um, which is good. And I'm just – my goal now is kind of just maintaining that uh, through the end of the season. Um and you know, really get after in the offseason because I need to need to get that weight up um, just for more longevity and stuff like that. Because you know, I I believe in myself. I think I have the tools. I just need to have you know a little bit bigger
0: frame. So I, the season's long. It's you know six months. A lot of games. There's a lot of ups and downs. But I was looking at some numbers earlier and I posted them on on uh, on social media on Twitter. Over the last 23 games, you're hitting 364. You got six homers, 28 RBIs, nine stolen bases, and uh, a 197 uh, weighted runs created plus, which means you're 97% better than the league average. What what's I mean, what, what's it been like this season and, and being on, you know, that hot streak that you're on right now? Um, definitely the ups and downs, um, you know,
2: learning how to control your emotions and, you know, the umpires sometimes have that for me and I'm still learning all that stuff, but, you know, mainly it's just keeping a good attitude every day, getting to the field, doing your stuff, keeping the same routine. Um, I had one particular thing that, you know, kind of won't show up, but um, I didn't have a bat that I used for a good solid three and a half weeks, which was the stretch of Augusta through, you know, whatever that was, you know, it was after the first three weeks. And Mm -hmm. I was kind of wasn't planned right, right, you know, accordingly for, you know, broken bats and all that stuff. So I was just switching out different bats for four weeks. And I'm not saying that's why I didn't hit bad, but personally, I think so. Yeah, I, mean, I, I could imagine that would be hard to get comfortable, you know, different different weights, different lengths. <laughs> yeah, and, like, you know, you, you've seen me. I'm not I'm not the biggest, strongest kid in the room. I'm strong, but I'm not the biggest. So, you know, having a bat that I'm comfortable with that I can, you know, fly through the zone and keep it level and all that stuff really, really matters for me because, you know, I, I do tend to strike out, and I think that's a little bit of part of my game that I'm still trying to figure out. But um, being comfortable with the plate is literally – the one most important thing um that I've figured out and it's more you know it's hitting is an attitude I think um all these guys are great and it's you know if you go up there and not have any confidence in yourself it's it's not going to be good
1: two questions off of that though like one, one thing that just popped into my mind is for minor league players you guys don't have bat deals like you're not signed to Louisville Slugger like not a lot of players are what happens when you you know break a couple bats like that
2: um yeah so fortunately I am actually with the company I'm with Birdman so okay. um I saw I, I kind of signed a little contract with them um right before the season started so you know it's not like a free bats or anything I still have to pay for them but um you know it, it's it's kind of just being ready you gotta have you gotta have backups and, and and for that specific scenario I was telling you about is I didn't have any backups so um, now I know I've got five more coming on the way. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, down to, I'm down to two right now, so it's getting crunch time. So they should be sending me one this uh, upcoming week, so I should have five more coming.
1: That's good. Um, so you, from that, you talked about your approach a little bit. Uh, we learned actually from a prospect, the Astros kind of teach some prospects early in the system that it's okay to strike out. You know, if you hone in on your zone and you find you know, what pitches you want to swing at, it's okay to strike out looking. It's okay to strike out. Is that something you've instilled in your own approach?
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Um, you know, like I said, it's, it's kind of been a, a part of my game. Um, you know, even in college, I had some strikeout issues. And, you know, just really for me, it's being too big. Um, you know, I, I've got some, some pop. So it's like I don't really have to force it as much as I think I do. And I'm still trying to learn that. And I think it's going to come only with, you know, more weight on my body. I'm going to kind of realize that I don't have to come out of my shoes and and, and be a big power hitter that, you know, I think I am, but, you know, I don't need to, you know, show that all the time. You know, singles and doubles are just as good. And stealing you know, I know.
0: bags, you know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Logan. No, you're good. You're good. So I was going to say, I I don't think everybody realizes this, and even myself, I don't, you know, fully, fully take it in. But, you know, people see the, the games, they see the stats on the field, but really what they don't see is that, Y'all are showing up to the field at like noon or one o'clock and you're working out, you're getting your workout in, you're lifting weights, you're on the field, you're doing reps, you're in the cages. And you do, you're doing that for like six hours prior to the game. And then you got to go play the game. And then that's where those, those numbers count to your statistics. So like what, what is that like? You know what I mean? I mean, y'all are probably putting in like, you know, eight to 10 hour days at the field and the numbers that count are those last hours on the day. So, I mean, what is, what's like a, a day like that for you?
2: Um, like I said, you just got to have to show up with a good attitude um you know they're they're long days but you know luckily we got a great group of guys there um even you know every level there's going to be a great group of guys I, i've i've met all these guys you know it's my first year in the program for the organization and you know it, it's it's just being comfortable with everybody there and then kind of making fun like not making fun but you know what i'm saying just having fun with everybody mm-hmm. you know because if if you're going there with a bad attitude or you know, you're dragging, you got to kind of have to pick somebody up and, you know, make a joke and, you know, make them laugh and stuff like that. So it, it they're long days, but they're also fun. They're, they're not all, they're not all, you know, work. There's also fun in it.
1: And your time with the Phillies organization, you know, it wasn't that long. It was only a couple months because you got drafted in June. But what differences have you seen from your time with the Phillies to your time with the Astros?
2: Um, you know, the difference is more so, you know, it's kind of a little bit more loose here uh, with the Astros. Um, Philly did a lot of things right. And and the Astros, there's nothing bad about any of them. It's just, it's completely different, honestly. Um, The Astros, they love hitting and and they love, they love hitting. So it's, (laughs) it's more of, they they emphasize all the stuff on hitting and, you know, not as much defense. They do defense, but the Astros love hitting and they love hitting the ball in the air. They love the power. They all, you know, that's stuff that we, we really hone in on. And, you know, well, one difference I think Philly did was they really worked on uh, swing decisions and stuff like that, like every day in their prep and routines. And, you know, I, I kind of took some stuff from them and, and work it over into my stuff and think about, you know, certain philosophies that they had, which is still helping me out, but you know,
0: it's different, but it, it's definitely in a good way. So you mentioned your, your power uh, a little bit, and I know you got 11 home runs this year, but you're up to 21 stolen bases. Outside of your power, is that – would you say that's one of your best attributes, you know, your 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 speed, your ability to swipe some bases? Oh, yeah, yeah. Speed has been definitely a part of my game for a while. I just haven't – I'm still kind of
2: learning it. Like I said, I've been – I was a catcher before, so it's like I wasn't stealing bases my whole life. Um, you know, I'm still trying to get a feel for it. I haven't gotten thrown out this year yet on, like, from the catcher. I've gotten picked mm-hmm. off, but um, I think I need to kind of get thrown out to know, you know, where – where I can and can't do it, you know.
1: And you, you learned a lot over the last year, and, you know, this is going to be your, full, your first full season of professional baseball. Where do you hope to see yourself next year? You're 22 years old, you know, you're fresh out of college, but oh, where do you hope to see yourself in the system and as a player?
2: I'm not really trying to worry about that right now. Um, I kind of had some thoughts about that in the early part of the year, and, you know, I, I, I'm just ready to play. You know, I just want to play every day. That's that's my main focus of being healthy and all that stuff, because I know, you know, one moment, you know, and nothing's promised. You know, there's injuries all throughout the system and
0: wherever I can help is where I want to be. So did you did you grow up a Braves fan? Oh, yes. So who who is your player? Like, who's your idol that you looked up to as you were coming up? I guess you playing catcher, but who are you looking up to? Yeah, when I, I mean, Brian McCann was
2: my guy. That was my guy back in the day, um, but now it's Acuna for sure. Acuna is my my guy. I look after, and I just love the way he plays, and try and take everything
0: from him I can, honestly. So the trade came after the World Series, right? Yep, yeah. So you're like, all right, got traded to the organization that that, that my Braves just beat, because Luke Berryhill is also a Braves fan. He grew up a Braves fan, and you know he was in the system before. He was kind of yeah, it's a it's a win win for him if the Braves win, great. If the Astros win, cool. His organization won, so <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and just another fun question that we, we had you know we like to ask people, but who's the toughest or like nastiest pitcher you face, either in the Astros organization or just in single A? Uh, this year? Uh, any time in professional baseball, I guess, or even in college uh, if you have somebody.
2: No, I, I would go. this is hard. I'm trying to think back to even Philly. Um, probably this year. One of those guys from uh, Charleston. I can't remember whose name is. But Charleston had a good staff. They had a really good staff. But Andrew Painter is the number one pitcher I've seen so far. I don't know if you've
0: heard of him. He's absolutely mm-hmm. gross.
2: <laughs> so he's only uh, eighteen
0: years old. Oh man. <laughs> so I want to ask. Um, I know it kind of kind of blew up a little bit on social media, but you end up having to pay fifty dollars for your first home run ball. You hit it in your <laughs> second or first professional. Uh, home run ball and you hit that in your second game of the season so what was that we just saw Matajevic hit his first home run ball and they had that negotiation on, on ESPN where they were trying to figure out the bats so a was there a negotiation with this fan or did you just offer to or did he like say like now oh, 50 bucks and I'll give it to you how'd that how'd that go down
2: uh, I don't that that's a question for my dad I don't know I okay any, I'm I'm gonna have to ask him about it I didn't I didn't even <laughs> ask him about it but I, I'm sure my dad was like you know here's 50 bucks and something Yeah. He's, He's he's a character, but I, you know he, he's a good guy. He supports me, you know, through thick and thin, and he's always there for me.
1: Yeah, no, just one like fun question, and also about your dad is that his Twitter bio says ATM to Logan. Um, yeah. uh, one day, do you hope to be the ATM to him?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I can't, you know. That's I'm waiting on it. You know, he's he's done. Like I said, he's done everything for me from from when I was a little kid. Now, you know, bats, gloves, cages, every single day when I was you know seven to. 14 you know a lot of good and bad in the cages but you know he's definitely shaped me to who
0: i am today with the swing and all that stuff cool all right logan well that's all we got man i appreciate you uh you know taking time on your off day to come in and chat with us for a little bit for sure appreciate it man thank you for having gonna... me on yes sir yes. Uh, that's gonna do it for the uh, segment one in the next segment we're gonna take a look around the minors and we'll get to that in just a moment And welcome back to the Astros Future Podcast presented by Apollo Media. Enjoy the show. Make sure you leave us a review uh, or give us some stars. We'll talk about our stock report first, one of our favorite parts of the podcast. Kenny, I'm going to let you go first. Who's your prospect that has seen a stock rise over the last couple of
1: weeks? Yeah, I think we've, you know, you and I have been messaging back and forth about Jaime Melendez a lot recently. Uh, Some guy, he's got off to a really rough start, but he's really picked himself up in June. And so I did it with Jimmy Endersby, so I'm going double-A starters. I'm doing two pitchers this week uh you know the two best pitchers right now in double a jimmy Endersby has a 278 era uh his last start he went seven innings pitched three hits and eight k's uh for jamie melendez though he's a 201 era in june 22.1 innings pitched five earned runs 31 punch outs and only nine walks uh he's looking a lot better this past um you know the past month but i know you were actually in corpus christi on saturday uh how did he do
0: man he, he was awesome you know he uh the game went by super fast. He struck out 12. Uh, he said in 5 innings, didn't walk a single guy. He gave up two runs, which can probably be a little uh maybe maybe not even ag- if you watch the game, it was a bunt single and then I think on the first pitch of the next guy he gave up a two-run home run. That was it. Nothing else was hit hard, clearly. Struck out 12 of them. Uh fastball is up to 95. He was locating his pitches. Uh probably the best he's looked all season, which is very encouraging. Because he made it to Double A so fast last year at 19, but he's only 20 years old. You know, he's he's extremely young. So to see him kind of turn in that corner that uh, this month, it's huge. But I'll give you my my stock up, Kennedy Corona. Um, he's man, he's really got things going this year. He's up to 278 with 12 homers, 41 RBI's, got a, an OPS of almost 900. Uh, but over the last, let me see, I, I had the numbers on. Uh, I had the numbers earlier. Let me pull them up real quick. Over the last, I think 30 games, it's been it's been insane. He's hit. Uh, 345, 10 homers, 31 RBIs of the last 30 games. This is from a guy who's, you know, I, I talked about it when, when I went down to Fayetteville. I mean, the guy's not, he's not huge by any means, but he's hes really strong. But 10 home runs in 345 last 30 games. His stock's definitely rising. 22 years old. He's in high A Asheville now. And if he finishes, if he continues to hit at the pace he is in high A right now, because he's tearing the cover off the ball in high A, you know, we could see him in, in Corpus Christi at some point this season. Uh,
1: but he was your player of the week. You know, he deserved it. And Actually, uh, Jimmy Endersby was also the player was your pitcher of the week and he won Texas Le- uh, Texas League pitcher of the week. Yeah,
0: he was great. He was great. We'll we'll jump down to Triple A Space Cowboys. They're 32 and 40 right now. Really the, the main story as it continues to be every week is Hunter Brown. He had another great outing this week through five scoreless. Uh I kind of looked at some numbers today, put them on Twitter, you know, Corbin Burns for the the Brewers came up 23 years old, had a re- had some really good numbers in Triple A, came up, pitched in relief. For the first two years of his career, I, I would maybe like to see Brown maybe one year as a reliever, but the last three years, Burns has been you know probably one of the best starters in, in baseball. So I don't know if that's a, a path that the Astros could take with Brown. You know, given that we have so many starters already, but man, they got to they got to find a way to get this guy on the roster because he can help the Astros right now.
1: Definitely, and and just beyond Brown, you know JP France. Uh, we talked about this uh, before the show. You know, he, you think he's going to be the Sugarland pitcher of the month. Thirty Ks and three June June outings already. Nineteen point two innings, uh, only six earned run and only four walks. You know, the walks kind of bit him a little bit in the last two months, but he's coming around. And I just want to point out the ERA for the starting pitchers on his staff just continue to go down. Yeah, you know, this space Cowboys team is turning it around 32 and 40, they have one of the best records in the month of June of all the PCL teams. And everyone's turning around on the staff, you know, even in the bullpen, there's a few rough yep. outings. Ronald Blanco had a, you know, almost a blown or blown outing the other day in the ninth, but overall just the pitching staff's turning, turning it around.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, Nick Hernandez, another guy who's doing really well in triple a, uh, leads the Astro system in, a, a appearances this year. And I know you put a note here, uh, 15 strikeouts and 11 innings in June, only only allowed two runs. And Sean Dubin, uh, his last start, which I know me and you talked about, he went five innings, five scoreless innings, struck out six, which is big for him because he's kind of struggled a little bit as a starter. So to see him, you know, complete uh, five scoreless innings of the six strikeouts is really nice.
1: Yeah, and he leads all A pitchers with at least 30 or more innings in strikeout for nine 13.5 incredible like this guy's turning it around he could also be you know two inning three inning guy someone like seth martinez in the majors right now but he's going to strike out almost every battery faces yeah. and should even make it better this bullpen's getting better in triple a they brought up uh devin Kahn and joe record since the last time we talked uh joe record's been in some pretty crucial situations recently his era doesn't speak for what he's actually go- you know the trouble he's he's getting put into, um, right. but two guys that were, you know, shoving in double A, um, mm-hmm. you know, a pitching staff that was kind of up and down and, you know, they're getting better, uh, better arms up in triple A. Yeah.
0: I think people will look at the overall records of the teams and, and think, you know, the Astro system doesn't have much talent or something, but the if you probably took out the month of April, the records have been a lot better, but on the offensive side, uh, you know, Matt Ejevic got promoted. We've seen what he's doing at the big league level. Dylan Thomas, he got DFA'd. Uh, I think I saw some that actually said he got claimed by the Angels today um, yeah. but really the, the right side kind of on the Space Cowboys right now has kind of been some of the new guys that have joined him. Uh, Emmanuel Valdez we saw him have a, a three home run game which is uh, <laughs> which is awesome he, it's funny to see a guy, I mean his first two at-bats in AAA hits two homers and like a week later has three homers in a game but he's playing a little bit of first base, six homers in AAA now he leads, I, did, I looked at the numbers today, he leads the Astros system in batting average, on-base percentage slugging percentage, home runs and RBIs phenomenal season from him and uh, he's just continuing to play well up in AAA.
1: I remember when the season started and he was off to a hot star. I was like, I was saying, there's no true first baseman in the system. And I was like, maybe Emmanuel Valdez, who can play second, play third, play left. Maybe they can stretch him to first base. And then Jimmy was like, look up his size, looked him up, and he's 5'8". Like, it, it, it's just incredible that he's playing first base. And I, that's what, was, what I thought of even before I knew how tall he was. But, you know, overall, Emmanuel Valdez is going to, he has these really hot stretches. And he kind of goes quiet, but he also has a lot of loud outs. Uh, he had yeah. a the ba- Bases were loaded the other day. He flew out to the warning track. Um, Just overall, it's, it's just kind of hit or miss, but when he, when he hits, it just, it, it, it's incredible.
0: Yeah. And that's what last year was like for him. He had a, a lot of home runs with the batting averages down a little bit. And his batting average on balls in play wasn't very high, but another guy that has joined them from the hooks, uh, Jiner Diaz, he was, he was tearing the cover off the ball in double a and so far in, in triple a three for 18, he does have a Homer, but man, the guy can really freaking hit and just kind of watching him. I, I don't know why, but I get this Yuli Gurriel vibe from him and, and his ability to hit, you know, doesn't strike out a lot, uh, can draw a little bit of walks, but he's just a, a bat-to-ball kind of guy. And, uh, he's got some pop and, you know, he's played some catcher, played some first base. It almost makes you wonder, you know, would the Astros consider him at first base for the future, uh, especially with Gurriel, you know, getting up there in age and not being under contract for too much longer.
1: Yeah, we talked about it a lot. He was playing more first base than catcher. And he came up to triple A. You know, I'd never seen him in person before. He's a big guy. And mm-hmm. it, it's it's interesting to think that he was in what was low A last year, what's single yep. A now. Play started last season in single A. When he got to the Astros in the film A trade, he was still in single A, got to high A. Now he's in triple A. he's gonna be rule five eligible next season. Mm-hmm. Um, just all around. There's a lot of there's some good catching prospects, and I know the catching situation with the Astros right now, is a lot of question marks, but I don't, I, I don't think the, the answer right now is in the minor leagues. You know, Corey Lee is kind of off to a slow start, but I also when they put JJ Maticevich at leadoff, you know, it kind of boosted his hitting, they're doing yeah. that with, now with Corey Lee. Corey Lee has, you know, hit lead off the last three or four games. Um, and I, I asked somebody, I was like, was Dylan Thomas supposed to lead off? And you got DFA, so they had put Corey Lee. And it's like, no, they're just trying to get Corey Lee hot. And yeah. he got above 700 on his OPS. That's probably the highest it's been this year in a normal sample size. But right. overall, these guys will be good in the next couple of years. They'll be up in the majors. But, you know, the answer isn't right now.
0: Yeah, and, and Corey Lee's been hitting the ball a lot better recently, like you mentioned. He, he, the, maybe the lead leadoff thing's working, but for the month of June, he's at 264 and OPS is 793, six doubles, three homers, 19 RBIs. So while not you know, insanely hot, it's a lot better than it was you know before that. So as long as, he, as long as we can see that gradual increase you know, in his OPS and stuff, but it looks like he's getting a little bit more comfortable out there and, uh, and driving the ball a little bit better.
1: Definitely. And I agree. You know, kind of shift that to the hooks. The hooks are also um, on the rise too. 32 and 37, four and two in their last six. Um, like I think we talked about this last time, each time we look at the hooks record, we don't have to change the loss column a lot. I yeah. think this week I only had to change it by two. Um, just overall, the, the hooks are getting better
0: yeah, they're creeping closer and closer to uh, 500. And like you mentioned, you know, the, the pitching has been a lot better. We'll start, we'll, we'll start with the pitching. Jimmy Endersby, you mentioned he was great this week. Melendez as well. They've both been very good in June, but uh, Missy Altamares has, has been great too. 61 strikeouts and in 52 innings. He's only allowed 32 hits. He has the lowest hits per nine inning of any pitcher with at least 50 innings in the Astros system. So 32 hits and in 52 innings. I think it's a batting average against of you know, one 150, something like that guys just, Very hard to hit. Uh, His last start, I think he struck out eight over six and a third, uh, six and third innings, allowing just one run. Uh, He's starting to get it going. We're seeing Endersby do well. We're seeing Melendez. Uh, So nice to see some of these guys start to turn it around.
1: Yeah, and definitely for Jose Bravo, who started the the year on the injured list, he was turning it around. Uh, He's not really seeing many starts, though. I think in his last five games, four have been out of the bullpen. And 229 ERA in June, over almost 20 innings, uh, 22 punch-outs of six walks. Uh, this is a guy who they needed you know they he went on the injured list and they had to bring down nick hernandez kind of fill his void um mm-hmm. put some other you know the, the arms were getting torn up down there and another guy julio Rubena, uh julio Rubena was kind of like on a, a decline for a little bit we talked about this and now he's 3-6 ERA in June, 26 strikeouts and 16 walks. You know, it's, the walks are a little concerning, but you know, the punchouts are up there. And that's, yeah. that's what you want to see from a lot of these guys. You know, you can always change a strikeout pitcher. Chad Donato is a big ground ball pitcher, big flyout pitcher. Now, I looked at his stats the other day. He had a 11.6 strikeout per nine two years ago. You know, the, yeah. the guy changed who he was to get through this system. And that's something you'll see. You know, It's good to see these guys striking out. Uh, you know, a lot of batters early Derek West and another reliever one eight ERA over 10 innings pitch 12 Ks, six walks. You know, it's good to see those, the, the walks you can always fix, but the strikeout numbers is what you'd like to see.
0: For sure. I mean, it means you're, you're able to get, you know, get the ball past guys, pull some guys and yeah, Robena's last start, you know, five scoreless innings, struck out six. Uh, the offensive side has, has been good too. Justin Dearden, uh, just like, Two or three games ago, it's probably like 306, and I think he's gone like 0 for his last 12 or 1 for his last 12, something like that. So the batting average dropped a little bit, but the OPS is still well above 900. 11 home runs, has 22 doubles, which uh, leads the system by a, a quite a quite a, a large large margin. So triple A is probably going to be coming soon for him, especially if he turns it back on a little bit. I, you know, Alex McKenna got demoted back down to Double A, and I think it's kind of just like you mentioned with some of the pitchers, kind of some reshuffling to get guys where they need to be. Uh, but he's done well. Wilder Abreu, another guy, the average isn't as high, but he has drawn 60 walks in 66 games, which is uh, absolutely insane. Has a, a couple of big home runs this week. And then Barry Hill, another guy that just continues to get on base in an insane clip. Had a 51 on-game base, on-base uh, on, uh, on base game streak. And uh, uh, it ended the other day, homeward the very next day. So uh, just some good performances down in Corpus, and it's showing in the record.
1: Yeah, we, we talked about Durden a lot, and when you look at the current AAA roster now, with Chaz McCormick and Jose Siri joining it, it might not be an outfield spot. You know, Dylan Thomas is gone. Marty Costas is on a rehab assignment, so his outfielder's coming. But I think by the trade deadline, it you know, we'll know more about what the center field option is going to be. If Siri gets traded, McCormick gets traded, whatever they, you know, whatever James click in the front office decides, you know, there, might be a spot, you know, he, he'll go up. If he continues to play well and continues right. like his, his batting average, I had to change it though. Cause it was looking really good. He was like three Oh six. And his yeah. OPS was almost neighboring a thousand. Had to put it down a little bit after an off week, but overall, like there, there's going to be a spot for him in AAA by the end of the season. I, that's what, that's my prediction.
0: Yeah, he's been a fun story to watch, undrafted, but undrafted probably because of the five-round draft. He would have got drafted in in a normal year. But, uh, yeah, really good to see that from him and and Barry Hill as well, you know, getting on base, that that crazy on-base streak. So that's going to do it for segment two, guys. We'll be right back with the next segment where we look at the lower minors and then Kenny and I have a couple things we learned this week that we want to share with y'all. We'll get to that in just a moment. And continuing on here at the Astros Future Podcast, we'll be in the segment three here. We're going to talk about the lower levels, uh, Asheville Tourist and the, the Fayetteville Woodpeckers. We'll start with the Tourists. They're at 28 and 40. Once again, we talk about the records aren't always indicative of how the, the teams are performing. And this, and this week, they got some some pretty good performances. Uh, one of the guys we, we continue to talk about, he looks like he's ready for double A. Colin Barber, uh, Astros, pretty high pick out of high school uh, just a couple of years ago. He's sitting 306. He's got a 901 OPS. And you know the numbers have gone down slightly from where they were maybe a couple of weeks ago, but he's been steady. Uh, hitting the ball well. Quincy Hamilton, guy they drafted last year, has just been on fire. He's in 330 in 24 high A games and um, we saw last year the Astros moved a lot of guys from low A to high A to double A pretty quick. We saw it with, uh, with Matthew Barefoot. We saw it with Joe Perez. We saw it with Luke Berryhill. Hamilton seems like one of those guys that could probably take that kind of trajectory this year.
1: Yeah. It's good to see those two lefty bats. I love lefty outfielders and uh, one, you know, one's a high school guy, one's a college guy, but overall just Quincy Hamilton, it's just turning, you know, turning this or not turning anything around. He was a fifth round pick, but he kind of flew under the radar in my eyes. Um, You know, started the year in single a, but you know, it was a, player of the month in May. But overall, Barber and Hamilton, I I like the the lefty combo. Uh, I think that's great. And there's a short wall there that's like less than 300 feet and right. Uh, Right. You know, that plays a factor, but these two guys are tearing the cover off the ball. And I, you know, I don't know if Quincy Hamilton will make it up to double A by the end of the year. It's kind of a big jump to go three, you know, through three uh, levels like that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, someone like Colin Barber, he's due, Um, you know, he's due to go up
0: yeah it's crazy he's only 21 years old I mean he's still probably young for the level he's at but another outfielder uh just quick mention Kennedy Corona I mentioned as my stock up he's been he's been great in IA uh JC Correa you know he's still he's he's steady he's hitting 297 19 walks at 21 uh or 19 walks to 21 strikeouts and he just he seems like a guy that's going to do that he's going to hit 300 he's not going to strike out a lot I know he's still working on the catching and we've talked about that over and over but uh, overall not a not a, a a great week for Asheville, but not terrible. And, and the pitching struggled a little bit, but we're still seeing those strikeouts from McDermott and Aragetti, and that's one of the things that we want to see. You know, like you mentioned, uh, they play in a tough tough place in Asheville. You know, a couple bad pitches here and there, ERA balloons. But if you're striking guys out, then clearly you're doing something right, and, and that's what they're doing. They, they both got 81 strikeouts this year, which is second in the system to Hunter Brown. Uh, McDermott has 13.2 strikeouts per nine, Aragetti at 13.6.
1: It, you, you, you'll you text me sometimes and say, oh, it was another bad outing. But I always have, we always like to talk about the strikeouts, you know, to see how those guys are doing. We had McDermott, McDermott on recently. And, you know, he talked about, you know, wherever you play, it's going to be different. You know, you can't blame it on the ballpark. You know, there's going to be other factors that come into how you're playing. There's no OPS plus. There's no, you know, stat cast that we can see for these games. And those right. guys aren't going to, Blame it on that, and I'd like to actually circle back to the catching stuff because, you know, you were one, you were the first person to you know, tell everyone about D Diaz going up to Triple A, and we were like, well, is someone going to follow to Double A? And ended up just being uh, Cesar Salazar going back to Double A. But we right. were looking at the catching options, and you know, Nario uh, Rodriguez, who was having a pretty decent year mm-hmm. on the injured list, but Jose Alvarez ended up going from Double A to high A, but, you know, we looked at other guys. There's not many catching options on this high A team, you know, before, before Yainer was promoted, it was only JC Correa and CJ Stubbs. There's only one true catcher in that conversation right. in CJ Stubbs. You know, the guy like CJ Stubbs who played double A last year, he hasn't really found his, you know, his swing again, but he's a you know good defender. He's like his brother. He can be versatile, but um, it's just interesting that the two catchers at one point, just for like a couple of days were the two brothers of, you know, Astros or former Astros players.
0: Yeah, no, that that see that would have been a good trivia question. I didn't even think about yeah. that. Uh, that is interesting. Yeah, on the pitching side, Rhett but twenty two years old. They drafted him last year. I talked about him a little bit. You know, and he he's been steady so far in high. He's a three eight six ERA, but uh, hasn't pitched bad at all. You know, and it's really good to see him in high A. And they moved him out of low A for you know low A pretty quick. So it makes you wonder: Are they gonna you know are they gonna fast track him maybe up to that upper minors? But He's been solid in Jacob Coates, a guy I know that you talked to in the offseason. Uh, his ERA may not be where you want to be, but we talk about the strikeouts. That that guy strikes a lot of people out, and he's showing that right now in
1: high A. Yeah, 44 strikeouts over 32 innings the whole season between single A and high A. Um, overall, I, I got to root for the guy. Um, he's 24 years old, and they're going to try to fast track him. You know, he's 24. He really? will, never He didn't get drafted. He was signed. Um, just out of the blue during the winter, um, they're going to try to see it where they can get them, and you know he, had a, he has a pretty cool story. Yeah, for sure. And
0: uh, we'll go to the Woodpeckers, man. They're thirty-two and thirty-six. They're creeping up on five hundred. It seems like every time they get like two games, they lose one or two. But overall, the the, the offense has is, is had some pretty good performances. Logan Cerny we had him on the podcast on the first segment. Obviously, uh, he's been great. OPS up to eight hundred seven. Eleven homers, twenty-one stolen bases, and really showing the flashes that you want to see, you know, from a from a young prospect like that. And uh, I talked about his stats over the last 23 games. You know, he continues to get consistent with that. He's not going to be in low A much longer, single A much longer. Uh, but he's joined by another outfield prospect who's doing very well. Joey Loperfito hit 444 this weekend, 315 overall. Uh, not a ton of power there right now, but kind of like we talked about with Correa, the guy's steady. The guy's going to hit for average. He can, he can hit. He doesn't strike out a ton. So nice to see a couple, you know, college outfielders having success in Fayetteville.
1: And we talked about Lo Fido earlier today, Jimmy. I'm trying to find the, the stats, but I don't know if you remember, but for the month of June, his batting average does not really match what an OPS would look like for yeah, a pro player. Yeah, I think he pro was pro three, was it
0: 357 for the month of June? But the, the OPS is like in the 800s because he doesn't have a homer this month. He's he's really just getting base hits. He he's getting on base at a, at a good clip, but the power hasn't really been there as much. But 13 doubles on the season, 16 stolen bases. So not, you know, not all, not all lost. He just—I I, I looked it up. He hasn't homered uh, since May twenty second.
1: Yeah, May twenty second. Uh, Three fifty seven batting average in June. Eight sixty eight OPS.
0: Yeah, I mean those numbers will work, but you like you, you probably thought you know the OPS might be a little bit higher. But once the power starts coming around, like I said, at least he's getting. You know, he's hitting the ball. He's getting hitting for average. He's getting on base. So you know the power will probably eventually start to come. But another guy who doesn't necessarily have the average but has the OPS, Victor Mesci. He's only hit 235. He's got an 821 OPS, uh, 11 doubles, 8 homers, 25 walks. He's kind of like almost like that 3 shoe outcome kind of guy. He walks, he hits extra base hits and uh or he gets out, you know. That, that's basically what he does. But he he's a young hitter in, in uh in Low A right now, Single-A, lefty, um and I'm really excited to see what he can do. The numbers have been a lot better recently and uh you know, he's he's got some power. You see if you watch uh, some of the games, see some of the home runs he hit, he's driving the ball really well.
1: Looking at another outfielder, actually, you know, Whitaker, um, you know, the Astros first pick last year in the comp round or the third round and just overall just struggling. You know, we've talked about that a couple of times. They've tried to extend him to third base, a little bit of shortstop, you know, left side of the infield has a pretty good arm, uh, plays the corner outfields well. But like you said, he said, like you wrote down here, he's having a better June.
0: Yeah, I think he's hitting... I mean, I, it's it's in the two hundreds. It's nothing crazy, but it's progress. You know, that's kind of what you want to see at this point from a young guy like Whitaker, uh, especially as we you know we're about halfway through the season. If he continues to make strides and and play well later in the season, that would that would be nice. Uh, another guy, just quick mention, Miguel Palma. I've, I've talked about him before. Twenty year old catcher, uh, really good defensively. But he's sitting two thirty a seven ten OPS. Had a pretty good week, so got to keep an eye on the pitching staff though. The man, they're they're loaded with young arms. Carlos Calderon, Alex Santos. Miguel Yuloa, Edison, Bautista, they're all 20 years old, and, and they're all racking up the strikeouts. Uh, Calderon actually leads the team in strikeouts and innings pitched this year with 62 and 55 innings. Santos, we saw him come out of a game um, in the first inning thinking maybe he was hurt. he came back. I think his next scheduled start pitch and pitch and everything was okay. ERA is not as, as low as you want to see it, but really it's inflated by a couple of bad outings. I would probably say 80% of his outings this year have been good. It's just been a couple of bad outings that's kind of inflated that ERA up a little bit.
1: Yeah. I'd also like to throw Allen Burr Santa in there. Uh, you know, a guy who's been on the seven day IL since the start of the season. I think he only had one outing and coming into the season, everyone was hyped about him. Everyone saw the baseball America videos. They saw the articles and he's, I don't know. There's been no talk about it. You know, there's no injury report that we have. Um, but I'd also throw him in that conversation of future pitchers. You know, these guys are under 20 years old.
0: Yeah. Miguel, Ulola. you know, he he just turned 20. I think like, eight or nine days ago, and uh, mm. he's striking out guys in an insane clip. The walks are a little bit high, but he's like – he's been pretty much unhittable. I think prior to his last start, he allowed like 11 hits in 24 innings, something like that. His last start, I think he gave up like five runs, but you kind of want to judge these guys on their highs, not their lows, you know, and we've seen the highs out of some of these young pitchers. They have a couple other guys that are a little bit older, Dalen Mighty, Christian Bahias, and they both had uh, tossed four scoreless innings this week. And um, overall, man, Fayetteville's playing, playing some pretty good baseball, like I said, creeping up closer to five hundred. Um, and it's really been it's really been that young pitching staff that's kind of carrying them.
1: Definitely. And, uh, you know, these guys that are in single, I just want to jump back to Leperfito real quick is that we talked about this Leperfito. So if they give him that short wall in right Field and McCormick Field and Asheville, North Carolina in a few, I don't know, a few weeks, maybe. Um, maybe we could see those power numbers go up.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, I think the power is going to come. I know you you texted me earlier about him. Uh, he had an injury last year. I'm not exactly sure what it was. Uh, he's been healthy pretty much all the season and he had some power in college. So it's interesting to not see it kind of show up now. I think it, it'll come. Maybe it's just, uh, just getting comfortable, but Kenny, we, we opened up a new segment, which, uh, which you brought. I love the idea. Best thing you learned this week. So I'm gonna let you go first. What's the best thing you learned this week?
1: So we, we didn't get to have a show, uh, last week. Uh, Jimmy was on the softball field. That's where he's going right after this, but, uh, I got two things. So I went to a round rock express game. That was my first time there. Last time I went, I was probably 13 years old. And Manny Ramirez was an Iowa Cub on the, in the opposing dugout. But I was at the Round Rock game, and they still sell Astros merch. Uh, this team hasn't been the Astros affiliate, I guess, 2020, but that they didn't have a season. Right. But they still sell Astros, so I guess it's 50% off. But <laughs> I mean, it's just interesting that it's still there. Like, the Rangers yeah. own the team. Right.
0: Yeah, and no, so, I, I, if you got it, I guess you got to sell it, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. And so I, I bought a Round Rock Astros hat. So it's Round Rock themed. It's just orange and blue instead of the red and red and navy blue huh. that the rangers would have uh my second thing is i, w- I was texting you about this and I, I actually remembered it um i was at the space cowboys game yesterday working and they do those things like every with a kid and they oh they, will they, guess 10 fruit and whoever are you gonna beat this are you smarter than the space cowboy and so they right. said name how many states you know there's 50 states name as many as you can in 15 seconds and peter solomon incredible just rapid fire got up to 20 i think it's 10 or 15 seconds and then he went right after whoever goes whoever i'm going up against is screwed and then he just threw his <laughs> hands up and like made it a big deal and i was just thinking in my head yeah let's let's let the notre dame grad do this one <laughs> and the kid who did it got seven and i felt Poor he looked kid. crushed like when they showed the camera like his like jaw dropped and in one of the states he said was san francisco so it's just overall like he didn't know all the states yet and it, it was just it was tough
0: well, hopefully they still hooked him up with some kind of giveaway or something. Yeah. Hopefully, I think, hopefully they, they probably later. get it to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. A couple things that I learned this week. So I went down to Corpus Christi and uh, talked with a couple of players, Luke Hill, Will Wagner, got an article coming out on them in the next week. Uh, Hill will be tomorrow. Wagner will be next week. I've been to, uh, I've done, you know, media at all four, all, all four stadiums. Uh, they, they provided us food and they provided us some really awesome sandwiches. I don't even know where they're from, but I thought that was kind of cool. But number, number two, Mr. T. The Hooks have a guy that plays an awesome Mr. T impersonation. He's one of their, uh, their in-game hosts, you know, that does the camera stuff. And, man, he, he's freaking hilarious. I was sitting in the press box for a while uh, before the game, just listening to him talk and, and just, you know, uh, chatting it up with him. And guy's freaking funny. So if you get the chance to go down to Corpus Christi, hopefully it's a game where, where Mr. T will be there. He's phenomenal to listen to. But one other thing that I learned, but unfortunately it's on the bad side, I used to love going to Corpus Christi games, going to Warburger field. They had the bridge out in, in right center. Uh, the, the bridge would light up. The bridge no longer lights up. The lights don't work. And then number two, the bridge is getting torn down. They're building another bridge, which is kind of going to be kind of behind like the left foul pole, but uh, where you can't really see it behind the field. And that was one of my favorite things going down there was, able, you know, seeing that bridge in the uh, kind of as a backdrop of the field is awesome. Unfortunately, it's, it's not tall enough. So they're gonna have to build another one, but, Uh, that's a couple things I learned this week when I was down in Corpus Christi, but man, if y'all haven't been down there, you got to go catch a game um, and and go see Mr. T and say, what's up to him.
1: I can't, I can't believe that. I can't believe you didn't even tell me. I feel offended about that. No, but um, (laughs) the bridge, the I've been, I've been to Waterburger field once I've only been to Corpus Christi probably three times in my life, but I've been to the bridge is just like, when you think of Waterburger field, you think of that bridge. Not many minor league teams have that. I think uh, there's a team in like long Island or in the, in Brooklyn or something mm-hmm. one of the Yankees or Mets affiliates And also you can see the one of the bridges and i'm going to ask you like so the bridge is in like right center field you can see it from home plate yep. it goes across is it still going to have that arching look to it no like the so one?
0: the the new one is going to be it basically runs like almost parallel with the left side of the field i mean there's a little bit of an angle so like if you're sitting on the third or on the uh the first base side the visitor side looking towards the left side of the field it'll be in your view but if you're anywhere from the center of the field all the way to the third base side it won't be in the in your view at least what it appears i mean what they've built mm. so far so that'll be a little unfortunate i mean it'll still be nice but even the, the lights don't even work on the bridge anymore And that was one of the coolest things i think at night you know the when the, the sun goes down lights are changing and stuff but uh, either way, still phenomenal field. Uh, great food, obviously Whataburger. So, yeah. Now get down to Corpus Christi if you haven't.
1: Yeah, and we can just pivot into trivia from there. Uh, it's a segment we've started since I guess at the beginning of the season. Um, I'm gonna throw mine at you first, and it's actually a pretty easy one uh, if you if you know your Forrest Whitley trivia. Um, right. But, you know, Forrest Whitley's been in conversation a lot. He had a piece on him uh, before, I guess, at the end of the regular season. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's been in rehab, a few things here and there. So, a lot of people are looking up his name. What's Forrest Whitley's real name? Oh, gosh. Forrest is his middle name. Yeah, I, I have no clue, man. It's a pretty common name. So, I'll give you that. It's probably like a top – us say top 15 common name. Michael. No. Uh, Brian. Brian. When I tell you, no, it's not Brian. When I tell you, you're going to say like, oh, he does look like this name. Like I could see it.
0: Uh, well, okay. When you're thinking the look, uh, gosh, I don't know.
1: you want me to say it? Say it. Charles. He doesn't look like a Charles. He could go by Chuck. I. I that's what I think. I think Chuck you know, I Whitley. You know? some,
0: I was thinking something. I mean, Chuck Whitley sounds all right. I was thinking something yeah. more like, like surfer-ish, you know, he's got the long. Well, his I long think he's got his hair. Well, I think he's.
1: Oh, he still has it. Ooh. Does he still have it? I, yeah, I thought I saw it. in the in the videos from the from, I thought he still has it. Yeah. Maybe he maybe,
0: maybe maybe he tripped down and it and it came back. Um yeah. came back long. But either way, yeah, I kinda I, I was thinking maybe like a uh I don't know like a Stefan or a Kate or something. I don't know, something mm-hmm. like, like a surferish. But anyways, um I'll give you my trivia and it, it's kind of interesting. So on the forty man roster, the the youngest player is Joe Perez, right? Uh twenty two years old. Who's the second youngest player on the Astro Ford man roster?
1: Is it Jeremy Pena? It's Jeremy
0: Pena, number yep. three. Who's number
1: three? Number three. Okay, so I know Jonathan Bermudez is like 26. Sean Dubin's like 27 or 28 now. Yeah. Um,
0: go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll let you guess and then I'll give you my clue if you don't get it.
1: Is it Christian Javier?
0: Nope. It's a guy you actually just talked about.
1: Is it Jonathan Rienes, Bermudez? Nope. nope. Oh, it's oh, somebody that. I talked about. Forrest Whitley.
0: Whitley, and then oh. number four.
1: Number, number four. four. I remember doing. I did an article about this. I ranked the top the the or the twenty twenty four and under on the forty man roster, and one of them was Driver of soul. So this isn't going to work out because he got DFA'd. But nope yep, he's it's so not t- him. Is it Christian Javier?
0: Nope. Offensive oh. player Kyle in Tucker. the big leagues. Tucker. Nope. Who's younger than Kyle Tucker?
1: Uh, oh, Jordan. Jordan Alvarez. Who's birthday is today?
0: Yeah, fourth youngest player on the Astros 40 man roster. Um, yep. I guess he's turning twenty-five today, right? Yep, twenty-five. Yeah, twenty five. Yeah, gosh. Oh man, Astros are so man, we're so lucky to have
1: guys like him and Tucker. <laughs> all right, Kenny.
0: Well that's all I got, man. You got anything else?
1: No, nothing else. Uh, Space Cowboys. I think they've got two back to back homestands to start off July. So there's a lot of a lot of games in there. I heard there's Heck a Jake yeah. Myers bobblehead coming in with the rake.
0: Yep, yeah. yep. That'll be a good one. All right, well, that's going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And as always, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to having you back for our next episode of the Astros Future Podcast covering your Astros and the minor league system.